What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Sober Plug Podcast, where we get you disconnected from addiction and plugged into recovery. I am your host, Connor Duffy. If you need help getting sober, you can contact my direct line. It's 203-917-8862. Again, that is 203-917-8862. What I want to talk about today is rock bottom and what that looks like for people. And do you even have to hit rock bottom? And it's always an interesting topic because in order for us to get clean, uh, there needs to be some type of pain going on. We need to be going through a certain type of, uh, a certain type of consequence from our addiction, whether it be physical, mental, emotional, whether it be a financial consequence or you know, you're struggling with your responsibilities as a parent or uh, with, your, with your job. At, at some level in your life, there's something that you are struggling with um, to balance, right? There's some type of pain going on. And um, I, I think a lot of people have it twisted as far as needing to hit rock bottom. I, I don't think it's necessary for people to lose your job. You don't have to um, be a terrible parent or you don't have to be homeless or any of these extremes that the early stigmas of addiction, what, what we thought it looked like. The truth of the matter is addiction has many different faces. It looks like many different things in life. You know what I mean? As, as far as, um, I should say, I should say more, it looks like many different characters of people. It could be uh, a mom that goes to work every single day, takes care of her kids, and she's struggling with a Xanax addiction, you know, or an opioid addiction. Now, it can be an extreme case um, like myself where I was a 20-year-old kid on the verge of homelessness, you know what I mean? And had been in car accidents because of my addiction, hospital visits, overdoses, went to jail, went to rehabs, the whole nine, you know? That was my story. But then you have other people that are doctors and nurses and lawyers and, and policemen and firemen and um, your everyday normal person, you know what I mean? People that work in healthcare, people that, um, teachers, it, it really doesn't matter. There's many different levels to, um, quote unquote, the severity of addiction, but it all feels the same. And this is what I'm getting to, right? We just need to get to a place where we're willing to do something different. And we're, and we need to take a look at how the addiction is, affecting our lives and it starts to lose its value to us you know what I mean like when you're first experimenting and you first get that rush it's uh it's exciting it holds a lot of value because it it's a feeling that you can't get anywhere else but you don't know all the ins and outs to it so we get hooked we get curious slowly but surely it progresses over time and as our addiction progresses as our tolerance increases, we start to chase more and more, and we start to do things that we normally wouldn't do in our life, in our in our life. But it's a very powerful. It's like a magnet. You know what I mean? It's as your desperation increases, your morals and the the sharpness to your responsibilities in life starts to decrease as well. So. Um, and with that comes the consequences that we find later on in our addiction. 
that we did not see earlier. So you need to get to a place where the fear of your addiction surpasses the fear of getting sober. A lot of people think that we can, you know, handle it on our own. I'm going to figure it out. And we don't really have that urgency to get our shit together. You know what I mean? There's maybe, maybe there's shame, there's guilt that comes along with it. Um, and we try to kind of battle it by ourselves. And as our addiction progresses, we soon, typically, we soon find out that we need some type of assistance. That our thinking probably isn't going to be the solution because it's a major contributor to the problem. And we need a different perspective. So depending on your pain threshold and how much shit you could essentially take and, and bear and how far you're willing to go, that's going to determine your bottom. Some people are smarter than others. <laughs> like People like myself, I was not very smart. Uh, I, uh, I had to go through a lot of pain. I had to go through a lot of suffering. And I was a low-bottom drug addict, no doubt. Not everybody needs to get there. It's not necessary. Some people feel like, well, my addiction isn't that bad. It's not as bad as this person. So maybe I don't deserve to get help because other people need it more than I do. And that logic is so fucking ridiculous. You know, it, like, I can't stand it when people say that. I'm like, wait, so if your house was on fire, but your neighbor's house was on fire too, would you not call the fire department to come and help you put yours out? Would you wait until the fire? Like, you know what I mean? It's like, come on, let, let's, let's use some common sense here. If your house is on fucking fire, you call the necessary people to help you put it out. You know what I mean? It's as simple as that. So if your life is being deteriorated or impacted by a negative set of habits, which we know as addiction, um, that, and we cannot change on our own. We need to do something about it. You know, we need to ask for help. And it's just really about how willing are you to let go of your ego and worry more about saving your ass instead of saving your face. And that's another part too, that comes with the pain or, or I should say the fear of getting sober. Sometimes people put off getting sober simply because they fear what other people are going to think about their addiction and in different areas of their life, whether it be their family, whether it be worrying about their job, whether it be worrying about um, the doctor that prescribes them stuff and they don't want to come clean about that. There's a lot, there's all these fears that our ego plays on when in reality, we just need to get some humility and get humble. Not to be humiliated, that's not what I mean. But we need to get a little humble to get to a different solution, to get to a different answer. Because our answer, our coping mechanism, is to use. This is how we get by. It serves some type of purpose for us. And, and you know, it, it's, uh, I'm not saying that it's easy to put your ego aside and reach out for help, but the truth of the matter is if we could have gotten sober on our own, we would have done it a long time ago. So clearly something ain't working. 
you know what I mean? And and uh, when I was in AA, there was this saying, you know, my sponsor used to tell me this, and and it cracked me up. And it's like, you know, your your head, your this the neighborhood in between your in between your ears is a is a dangerous neighborhood to visit by yourself. You know what I mean? So always bring bring a uh, bring always bring a friend and a flashlight when you when you visit it. And um, essentially. You know what that means is like when we're first getting sober, our thoughts are all fucked up. That that space between your ears, man. What's going on upstairs in the mind? We think about some crazy shit. You know what I mean? Our, our mind is all over the place. We're trying to uh, we're trying to put aside a coping mechanism that was like a dear friend to a lot of us, and so it's almost like a traumatic. It's almost like a traumatic experience because you're mourning something and you're grieving something that obviously has caused a lot of damage, but it also served you for a while too, or so we thought, right? So we develop a relationship with the drugs or the alcohol, whatever it is that you're using. And there's a little bit of like a grieving process to that. I know it was for me, you know, I, uh, I did not think I was going to be able to stay sober. There was no chance. No chance that I gave myself. And, you know, if uh, if you were to have asked me when I was 20 that I'd be here at 30, still sober, I would have told you you're out of your fucking mind. I would have said there is no way that that's true, that, that, that that's even possible. You know what I mean? Never mind making content and, you know, having a podcast about sobriety, you know, there's just no chance. And it goes to show that breaking through that fear and getting the help anyway, and just doing the next right thing and getting the help when I needed it. Not when I wanted it. I didn't want the help, to be honest with you. I just had nowhere else to go. I I had no other options. You know what I mean? Um, at least no other options that I was willing to, willing to take. And that's where the fear of staying the same became greater than the fear of change. And it takes a while for us to get to that place, but it doesn't have to take you all the way down to rock bottom. It's unnecessary. I really highly recommend that if you're listening to this, and you have clear signs of addiction and you think that it won't get worse or, or you think that you can figure it out on your own, I, I would, you know, I would really take a look at that and I would second guess that thought because our thinking is not always in our best interest. A lot of it is uh, egotism that's, that's hidden as um, clarity. We think that we're thinking clear and we're, and we're truly not. So... Um, that's what I have for today. It's, uh, pretty, pretty simple and, and, uh, to the point, you know what I mean? It's, listen, if you're on a, if you're on a ride that's going to hell, jump off. It's as simple as that. It doesn't need to get worse. It doesn't need to get all the way to the basement for you to make a change and to have a better life, you know? So if you're struggling with addiction, you could reach out to my line. It is 
Again, that is 203-917-8862. And I will see you guys on the next one.